0: Bibles this morning, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter number 13, and I want to share some, what I believe are some wonderful truths as we were doing our series on finding victory in a failing world. We were studying a lot about uh, Lot, especially in Lot's family, and also Abraham, and while we were in that series, man, God showed me something, and I want to see if I can Uh, I want to see if I can sort of unpack it for you today, and I hope it will mean as much to you as it it did to me, Genesis chapter number 13, and I want to talk to you about this subject back to the basics, back to the basics, and so Genesis 13 in your Bibles, when you find your place, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's word, I have uh, verses one through three on the screen, I think, but we're going to read the first four verses, and and then we'll pray, and, and, uh, and I'm just going to do my best to try to give this to you today. Genesis 13 and verse number 1 says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel. Listen to this next phrase. Unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Wow. I read that the other day, and man, God just began to speak to my heart. And he said, Preacher, I don't get it. Well, I hope you'll get it here in just a minute. In fact, let's go back and look at it again, verse three. And went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, look at verse four, unto the place of the altar, and I love this next phrase, which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord wow I don't know if you know it or not, but we just read some amazing scripture of course any scripture reads amazing it doesn't matter which scripture it is but uh, this is one of those treasures I believe one of those hidden treasures that if you if, if you 're not careful you can read over it and you miss it and so I want to talk to you this morning about that subject back to the basics you may be seated this morning and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask god to to help us and um, Help this to come alive in your heart and your mind and hope it'll be a blessing to you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the wonderful service that we've enjoyed. And now, Lord, as we close it up with a few moments of preaching and teaching, Lord, I pray that you would uh, knit our hearts together as you've done so many times. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, I pray that we not just have a service. Father, we can have a service and go home the same. But God, I pray that you'll give us truth today. And Lord, our Savior, Jesus, promised us that it is the truth. If we know the truth, that it's the truth that will make us free. And God, we want to be free, free to serve you, free to live a happy life, free to be blessed. And so Lord, I pray that you'd make us free today by showing us great truth from your precious book today. Lord, I pray now for the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, it's important not only that the pastor has the Spirit of God, but that the people have the Spirit of God. Lord, I can't really give them what I need to give them or what you want to give them unless I have the, the assistance of the Spirit of God, and Lord, they can't really receive what you have for them unless they have the fullness of the Spirit of God, and so Lord, I pray that... Lord, that the Holy Ghost would flow like water here today. Save that one that's nearest to hell and encourage that one <clears throat> that may be discouraged. And God, that one that is strayed, I pray today that you would really do a work of grace. As Miss Lori sang a while ago, I pray you do a work of grace in their heart and their life today. Lord, bless our discussion, please. We pray that Christ will receive glory and praise from it all. We love you and praise you. We ask these things... In Jesus' precious name and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. Verse number one, the Bible says, and Abram went up out of Egypt. So I want to I just stop right there real quickly and call a time out. And uh, I don't really know that this is homiletically correct to do this, but I want to start with a question. And the question is this, what in the world is Abram doing in Egypt? Abram is supposed to be going to Canaan. And yet we find here in Genesis chapter 13, our Bible tells us that Abram is coming up out of Egypt. Well, actually the Bible tells us exactly what's going on. We didn't read it today, but if you go back and read the preceding chapter, chapter number 12, we find out that Abram is sojourning for a while in Egypt because our Bible says that there's a terrible famine in the land. Look, if you will, at Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 9. The Bible says, and Abram journeyed going on still toward the south, and there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And so because of the famine, Abram uh, takes a little side road, if you will. He takes a little uh, sabbatical. He takes a time out, whatever you want to call it. And our Bible tells us that Abram sojourns in the land of Egypt. Now Calvary, I want to say quickly, justified or not, it's never a good idea to stay in Egypt any longer than necessary. Because even in the event that Egypt is helpful, Egypt in our Bible is always a type of the world. And although Abram, and and, and that's a totally different message, and I'll, I'll preach that at another time. But even though Abram went down and received some sustenance down in Egypt, there are some things that Abram came back with that later caused a lot of problems in his life. But here's my point the thing that I noticed here in our scripture this morning is that once the famine was over, Abram goes right back to the exact place where his journey of faith began. He returns, if I could use it this way, he returns to the basics. The basics that made him the great man that he was. Look at it again, Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 3. The Bible says, and he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, I love this, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first. I love it, I love it. So Abram had to make a little bit of a sojourn. Something happened in Abram's life. But when we come to Genesis chapter 13, man, We find Abram getting right back on track again. He returns to the basics that made him the great man that he was. How many know this morning that life happens? And sometimes famines come. And sometimes famines take a lot of different shapes and sizes, don't they? In 2020, a famine occurred. It was a famine we'd never really heard much about. We had been uh, we, we had moved from the old building up here to the new building, and we'd been here basically six weeks. In January of 2020, we had our uh, grand opening service, and man, it was great. And we were so excited after all those years to finally be moving into the new uh, uh, campus here, the new complex here. And, and, uh, and six weeks later, we're watching the news. And they're starting to talk about something called COVID nineteen, coronavirus. And uh, and and little by little, and I don't have to tell you this because now it's all we ever hear about. It seems like, but little by little, it's all the news commentators want to talk about. And and uh, I mean, it was just constantly uh, in our ear and in our face. And 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 we begin to deal with a famine called coronavirus, something that none of us really knew a whole lot about. And a famine came in the land. Famines can take a lot of different shapes. Famines can be the passing of a loved one. It might be a spouse that you loved like your own wife and for some reason I don't understand and you don't understand and by the way, nobody else really does either. God's all fit to take them on. It might be that child that you felt like that you would take a bullet for, that child that you helped with homework, that child that you provided for, that child that you protected, that child that you would have went to the ends of the earth for, and for some reason, and and there's really no explanation, but leukemia came, or cancer came, or a problem came, and that child that you loved with all your heart, that child was, was taken out of this world for you it may have been, your famine may have been a health issue. You walked into the doctor's office and he said, you've got something, we don't know how to fix it. We don't know what the remedy is. You've got cancer. You've got Parkinson's. You've got some type of a malady that we really don't know what to do. For yours, your famine may have been a family problem. Maybe there was a divorce that took place. Maybe there was a problem in the home. Maybe there was something that was going on and, and, and you tried and you tried and you tried to, to fix it, but for some reason it was just, it seemed like it was unfixable. And how many know, listen church, this is all I'm saying. How many know that there are things occasionally that make us make temporary adjustments? We are headed in a certain direction and then all of a sudden without uh, any forewarning at all a famine comes our way and we have to make a right turn or a left turn. But here's the message. When those things pass it's important that we get back to where we began our journey of faith. Now the problem is this a lot of times following the famine a lot of times what happens is this is the person makes the mistake of not going back to where they were at the beginning you say preacher wasn't my fault I'm not saying and and I'm not saying it was you say a famine came a problem came. I had no idea it was going to come. I, I, I mean, I, I, everything was going great. We were footloose and fancy free. I thought everything was great. And all of a sudden, man, it was like, this, the, the, it was like the bottom fell out and, and the world began to cave in on top of me. And, and you say, Pastor, you said, I didn't have anything to do with it. And I didn't see it coming. And, and it took me without warning. And, and you say, Preacher, a famine came. I get it. But here's my message, and here's the message I believe that God wants us to get from Genesis chapter 13, that when the famine is over, it is absolutely crucial that you go back to what you were doing before the famine came. And that's exactly what we find in the life of Abraham. And I want to show that to you this morning if I could. Uh, Some basics that Abraham returned to. How about this? Number one, we find that Abraham went back to church. Now, uh, I'm using that a little loosely today, and I know as soon as I say that, somebody says, wait a minute, pastor. Whoa, hold on just a moment. You need to get your theology right. There wasn't anything like the church back in Abram's day. And so I, I get it. I understand there wasn't a Calvary Baptist church back in Abram's day. There wasn't a local church necessarily that he and his family could go down to. But, uh, but I still believe this. I still believe that he went back to church. In fact, I want to show that to you. If I could, look at Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 3. Because I do believe this. I believe there's definitely an Old Testament picture of a New Testament truth that's here. Genesis 13 verse 3 the Bible says and he went on his journeys from the south watch this church even to look at the word there it's the word Bethel now if you take that word and and uh, divide it up if you like to mark your Bible up in that word Bethel you can do a, a slash between the letters H and E the word Beth in the Hebrew means house of. And the word El means God, the house of God. And so what our Bible is teaching us is this, that when the famine was over and Abram went back to Cain and Abram went back to Bethel, Abram went back to the house of God interesting about Bethel is believed believe that Bethel was a a very fertile place and it was a place that had very rich soil it was a place where you could grow great crops and it was a place of fruitfulness it was a place of abundance and oh may I say this so is the house of God it is a place of fruitfulness it's a place of, of abundance and I'm not saying that we've got all the answers to everything but I know this I serve a God that does have the answers to everything and I'm not saying that we're perfect because we're far from far from perfect at Calvary Baptist Church. But I will tell you this. It just works, my dear friend. What we're doing, what we're preaching, the lifestyle we're teaching here at Calvary Baptist Church, it works. It works. And if you don't believe it, try it and see if it doesn't work. Now, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying sometimes problems come. And sometimes they, they pull you away. Well, I don't, even like to, I don't even like to say this, but sometimes famines come and they pull you away from church. Sometimes a funeral comes. People die on Sundays. And, well, you didn't know it was coming. You you didn't want it to happen, but that death came, or you got sick on Sunday, or you got sick, and maybe you were sick for two or three weeks. Maybe you got COVID. (laughs) And you say, you know, for some of our, our folks, you know, it was just three or four days, and, well, they just made a turnaround for others of ours, folks. It was more serious. And you may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, for me it was serious and, and I was sick for, you know, two or three weeks and a, a, a famine came. And that's fine. I, I'm not debating that. Famines are a part of life. They're going to come in all shapes and sizes. But this is what I'm saying. Whatever you do, whatever you do, when the famine is over, make your way back to the house of God. And uh, uh, people say, preacher, don't you know that COVID's still out there? I know COVID is still out there, but Jesus is still out there too. And, and uh, Jesus knew before COVID came, uh, he knew COVID was going to come. And, uh, and listen, I'm not preaching against anybody or picking on anybody uh, uh, this morning. But I would tell you, tell you this, my dear friend, that Satan is after the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants to stop the church in his track. And we must be determined that we're going to go forward for the will of God. Boy, it's interesting. The Bible is very clear here that Abraham went back to Bethel. Look at it again, Genesis 13:3. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel. Look what it says. Between Bethel and Hai at the very end of the verse there, between Bethel and Hai. What's interesting? The word Bethel means house of God. I looked up the word Hai and it means this, a heap of ruins. And you know what I got from that? Not too far from the house of God is a heap of ruins. Did you know there's not a long distance between success and failure? You say, Pastor, I don't understand all about the church thing. I get it. I'm not sure I really understand all of it either. The more you learn, the more you learn, you don't know, but I'm just telling you, it works, it works and God promoted his church, and God said, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. And uh, listen, Calvary, whenever the famine is done, make sure you make it back to church. How about this quickly? Number two, Abraham not only went back to church, Abraham went back to calling on God. Look at Genesis 13, verse number four. The Bible says, under the place of the altar which it made there at the first, look at this, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. In fact, this is interesting too, Calvary, that it's right here in Genesis 13, verse number four, that we find Abraham making a fresh commitment to the Lord upon his return. This is the first time that Abram has built an altar and called on the Lord since he left Canaan. Now, pastor, what are you trying to say? Did you know if it's easy, if you're not careful, it's easy to let your prayer life slide. Man, I don't know about y'all, maybe your situation is different than mine, but if if there's anything spiritually speaking that's hard, it's my prayer life. I I can spend, literally, I can spend hours in this book right here, and uh, the devil doesn't fight me as hard as when I get ready to pray. When I get ready to pray, everything goes crazy. I'm talking about a season of prayer. When I get ready to pray, I mean, the phone starts ringing off the hook, people start texting me, emergencies start happening. I mean, and, and, and if you're not careful, church, if you're not careful, when the famines come in your life, you'll let your prayer, your prayer life slide. And you'll read a devotion here or there, and you know you'll say the blessing for your meal and stuff like that. But as far as spending time with God... You're really not walking with Jesus. I remember the story I heard about the missionary who went to a a remote area in the jungles and and he brought the gospel to this uh, native village and and led many of them to Christ. and, And these natives got... Uh, they, they got so excited about serving the Lord, and he began to teach them how to read the Bible, Begin to teach them how to pray, and, and they began to, uh, you know, and they just lived, in, uh, just lived in huts, and so what they would do is, is they would go out through the woods, through the bush, and they would pray, and they had become so dedicated in their prayer life that these trails that they would go off into the woods when they were walking with God, that these little trails began to get sort of beaten down, almost like a deer path. And they started calling them their prayer trail. Oh, we got a prayer trail down here. It's beautiful. Knock your socks off. Their prayer trail. And every once in a while, one of those prayer trails would begin to grow up. And one of the other natives lovingly would come to his fellow and say, how's your prayer trail? I notice your prayer trail's growing up. You're not walking it like you used to. How's your prayer trail? Hey, can I ask you a question? How's your prayer trail? You say, uh, Pastor, I've had a famine. I get it. But once the famine's over, it's time to get back to the basics. Once once, Once the famine is over, it's time to get out of Egypt and get back to Canaan again. It's time to start calling on the Lord. Abram went back to church. Abram went back to calling on God. Look at this right here. This is neat. Number three, Abram went back to completing God's will. Look at Genesis 13 and verse number 12. Again, I just, I just think this is awesome. I, I'm, I'm reading through it. I'm thinking, wow, what lessons here? Genesis 13, verse number 12. The Bible says, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. Now, this is after the famine. This is after he's come back from Egypt. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. You say, big deal. Yeah, it is really big. You know why? Because not everybody dwelled in the land of Canaan. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Now, hey, listen to this, Calvary. After the famine, Abram goes right back to doing the will of God again. Again but not Lot. Hey, Calvary, they were in the same famine. Are y'all following me this morning? They were in the same famine. But when they came out of the famine, Abram said, I'm going back to doing God's will. I've had a little downtime. It wasn't what I planned. I didn't see it coming. I didn't know we were going to have to leave Canaan and go down to Egypt for a while. I, I, I mean, I didn't know God didn't tell me it was gonna come, and I didn't know we were gonna have to sojourn for a little bit, but I do know this that now that the famine's over, I'm going back to Canaan, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the will of God. And yet Lot made a very opposite decision. Look at Genesis chapter 13, verse number 12 again. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Look at verse 13. But the men of Sodom were what? They were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Now, listen to me, Calvary. Listen to me. We're about done. Listen to this. Every once in a while, something happens in life that causes you to stand still. And I believe this. I believe we're not just to stand still. I believe we're to be taking ground. I believe we're to be active, serving the Lord. Y'all believe that? I believe that. Man, if you're, listen, if you're just sitting still, I don't know that you're accomplishing a whole lot. But every once in a while, you know what happens? Every once in a while, something happens. And truth of the matter is, we can't move forward, it makes us just stand still. In fact, I thought about this verse. You don't have to turn there. But I thought about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Wherefore, taking you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. There are times when you can't be taken ground. It's just so bad that you're just standing still. I get it. You may be there today. You say, preacher, that's me. I'm not gaining any ground, but I'm not going back. I'm just standing still. I get it. I understand that you're facing a famine. I understand that you're just coming out of a problem. You're just coming out of turmoil. You're just coming out of a storm. You're just coming out of a valley. I get it. But I believe with all my heart that God is showing us the truth here. And the truth is this, my dear friend, when the famine is done and you come out of Egypt, make sure you get back to doing the will of Almighty God. And how many times we've seen that here at Calvary Baptist Church. Abraham went back to church. Abraham went back to calling on God. Abraham went back to completing God's will. Man, I love this. Number four, we notice Abraham went back to helpful company. Look at Genesis 13, verse 18. This is so good. And I'm probably not preaching it good, but it's so good. Genesis 13, 18. So here the the famine's over. Abram's Back in Canaan, verse 18 says, then Abram removed his tent and came and and he, he didn't just come, but the Bible says, and came and dwelt in the plain of what? In the plain of Mamre, which is in what? Which is in Hebron, or Hebron as some would say, which is in Hebron. And there built an altar unto the Lord. Wow. I look up the word Hebron, You know what it means? It means community. It means associations, alliance. In other words, when Abram came out of the famine, yes, this is so good. I hope you don't miss this. When he came out of the famine, he was very careful to go back and get with some people who would help continue him to be great. He went back to community. He went back to fellowship. He went back to associations. By the, by the way, isn't it interesting that probably hundreds and hundreds of Bible towns no longer exist today? And yet, if you were to go over to the Middle East, Hebron, the city of Hebron, is still there. After all these years, it's still there. Someone said it like this If you want to go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together. Hey church, I don't know about going fast, but I wanna go far. I wanna go far. And you know one of the things that's gonna help me to go far is this crowd right here. You say, Pastor, you still sound a little hoarse. Why'd you come back today? I'll tell you why I came back. Cause I didn't just miss, I missed. Man, I, listen, I don't know about y'all. I can't just stay out for weeks at a time and feel good about it. If I have to come here and just sit on a pew and let somebody else preach, then that's what I'll have to do. But I don't know about y'all. I need community. Man, I need what I get from my brothers and sisters in Christ. I need the fellowship that I get. Why? Because it strengthens me as a believer. And I don't want to necessarily go fast, but thank God I want to go far. And one of the reasons a lot of people burn out is because after the famine, they never made it back to community. Are y'all with me today? Now, I don't know what your famine is, but I've got some advice for you. How many remember the story over in 2 Kings chapter six, there was a prophet by the name of Elisha. And Elisha had some preacher boys. The Bible calls them sons of the prophets. And it was, it was like a Bible college. And these sons of the prophets were younger men and they would come and Elisha, the great prophet, would would teach these young men and pour into these young men. And evidently the Bible college had gotten so popular and had grown that the dorm couldn't hold them all. So they said, master, let's go down here and let's, uh, let's cut some lumber and let's build a bigger place. And so Elisha and the sons of the prophets go down to a certain place. They start clearing the land. They've got their axes and they're chopping down trees and they're building this new dorm, more spacious dorm. And the Bible says that one of the preacher boys came to the man of God and he said, Oh, man of God. He said, I borrowed an axe. And he said, While I was felling a beam, while I was cutting down the tree, when I went back, he said, the axe held, axe head flew off. You ever had that happen? the axe head flew off and he said it went into the water. And he said it was borrowed. Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And Elisha said, go back to the place where it fell in. Show me the place. And they went back to that spot where the axe head flew off. You know the story, don't you? Elisha throws a stick in the water and the Bible said the axe head float, floated and he got his axe head back. Now there's great advice there. You say, Pastor, I'm going through a famine. Okay, I get it. And by the way, I'm sorry. I wish it weren't so. I wish, I wish you never had COVID. I wish we never heard the word cancer. I wish our loved ones didn't get Alzheimer's. I wish babies didn't get leukemia. I wish, but I, truth of the matter is, I can wish it all day. They don't make it go away. Famines are a part of life. But when the famine is done, get back to the basics. And go back to doing the things that made you great in the beginning. By the way, these are some of those things right there. That may not be all of them, but I'll guarantee you one thing, it's a lot of them. Get back to the basics. Let's bow our heads this morning, Father. Thank you for this time we've had together. and Lord, thank you for this message. And Lord, if it didn't minister to anybody else, it ministered to me. But I believe it's ministered to somebody else. Father, truth of the matter is, famines. There's no shortness of famines nowadays. They're everywhere. It seems like every week now, Lord, I'm dealing with a family that's going through a famine, some kind of famine. It may be a marital famine. It may be a famine where some children have really turned away from the things of the Lord. It may be a financial famine. Often these days, it seems like it's a physical famine. And Lord, if we're not careful, we'll let the famine get us away from Canaan. And Father, today, I feel like probably there's some folks in this room right now, and maybe nobody else knew about it, but they're going through the famine of all famines. And Father, today, I pray that you would encourage them in the name of Jesus, (laughs) And I pray that today they would say, yes, I'm facing the fire. I'm going through the storm. But I'm gonna get back to the basics. I'm gonna serve God regardless. Now our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And I wanna ask a question or two. We're gonna go. It's twelve twenty-seven. I wonder how many are here right now who would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved and I'm on my way to heaven. If you can honestly say that between you and the Lord, would you just slip your hand up right now? Amen. Praise the Lord, you can lower your hands. Can I ask a second question? I promise you, I'm not gonna come back. I'm not gonna try to embarrass you. I'm not gonna try to drag you down the aisles but I wonder how many are here this morning would say pastor if I died today I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven preacher I'm 100% sure I want to go I know I don't want to go to hell but I'm just not sure I'm going to heaven when I die and I want you to pray for me and right now with nobody looking right now you just very quietly slip your hand up and let me pray for you Lord bless you, Lord bless you, Lord bless you. Thank you so much. Who else? Thank you. You can lower your hands. Thank you so much. Who else? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven. I don't know, but I know that I know. In fact, there may be somebody here today that says, Preacher, I didn't know you could. know." But aren't you glad our Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 13, these things... Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. So I'm glad you can know. If you're here this morning and you've not raised your hand yet, but you'd say, Pastor, it's me. If I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you remember me right now? You'd slip your hand up. Can I pray for you? Can I just mention you to the Lord? Is there another anywhere? Anywhere? I'm gonna pray for these and I hope you'll come today I'm going to ask our personal workers our altar workers if they would just very quietly slip to the front this morning and we're going to have some folks up here along the front who have a Bible in their hand and we'd like to just take the word of God and show you how you can know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die we we'll hope you'll come you're here this morning and there's there's folks on the altar right now. Preacher, I'm going through a storm. I felt so tempted. The devil has come and I've been so tempted just to quit. Hey, child of God, whatever you do, don't you quit. Don't you quit. God's got big plans for you. And it could be there's somebody that needs to come today to this altar and just rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe you're here, you say, Pastor, I've been saved, but I've never been baptized. I really need to be baptized and take that first step of obedience. Hey, maybe you need to come make yourself a candidate for baptism or maybe church membership. Maybe you're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching body and you're feeling God's leading to join. Whatever it is, you come today, all right? Would you stand with us all over the house with our heads bowed? Father, thank you for this time we've had together this morning. Father, I'm I'm thankful for this message that you've laid upon my heart. It helped me personally. And I'm hoping that it's going to help somebody else personally. Lord, I wish I wish it weren't so. I, I wish that storms weren't a part of life. But Lord, they are. Jesus said Himself in this life, we're going to have tribulation. Sometimes tribulation slows us down, and sometimes it stalls us out even. But God, I pray today that you would solidify this truth in our heart. And I pray that, Lord, when the famine is done, oh God, that we would get back to Canaan, get back to doing God's will. I pray for these that have raised their hands who've been so honest this morning and said they're not sure about heaven. God, I pray that they'll come today and let us take a Bible and show them how they can know that they know that they're saved. Others, I pray, will come and rededicate their lives to Christ. Whatever it is, God, I pray that that you'll work in this time. And we thank you for it so much. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. And while the pianist plays, if you need to come, the altars are open today. Would you come? Would you come? If you're here this morning and you've got a need, you've got a need, we've got some fellows down here that would love to pray with you and just try to comfort you. Boy, how many know this? Sometimes, sometimes it helps when somebody just walks through the valley with you. Well, I don't know about y'all. You ever went through a valley and you felt like you're all by yourself? Sometimes it just helps to know somebody else is walking with you. And if you need to come, the altars are wide open. We've got somebody here who wants to pray with you. Would you come while we wait? Would you come this morning? Pastor, I'm saved, but I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Why don't you come right now? And find a place at the altar. Make that rededication today. It, it, it may be you're here this morning. Preacher, I've got some things in my life that ought not be there. That's fine. Why don't you come and get it right with Jesus today? Would you come Why don't we wait? Would you come? Pastor, the tempter has come. He's tried to, he's tried to get me to quit. But by the grace of God, I'm not going anywhere. I just want to let God know he's got me. I'm not going anywhere. That's great. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on, come on. Hey, Calvary time's not late now. And when we're doing spiritual work, it wouldn't matter how late it is. We're talking about eternal things right now. Abel's going to sing for us. We may join him in a minute. If you need to come, the altars are open today. I'm going to make my way to the main floor as well. And if I can help you in any way, we're here. Folks Folks are coming. Folks are getting some help. Amen. Yes, this is what it's all about. You come while we wait.